0: Now listening to
1: the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you on this week five edition of the Pat Pulpit Podcast with my good buddy Rich Hill. Pat's Bucks blissfully, is in the rearview mirror, and it's time to turn the page to the second quarter of the season, or the second, whatever it when we're 17 <laughs> yeah. games now, I'm not going to try and do that kind of math, but this September's over, October is where football really starts, we've all been saying that forever, and Rich Hill, I'm looking to slay the games, other than Patriots, Texans, which of course we're all here to talk about, there's some pretty good ones coming up this Sunday, uh, none bigger in my opinion than a potential AFC Championship repeat preview with the Chiefs hosting the Bills Sunday night. That's going to be a big one.
0: Oh, totally. I'm excited to see how these teams perform. Bills are coming off a great outing against the Texans. Chiefs have kind of stumbled to a 2-2 two and two record to start the year. Their defense has been atrocious. So I'm very interested to see how Josh Allen and the Bills are able to handle them. Uh, but I completely agree. I mean, I'm looking up and down the slate of games, and I'm pumped. Uh, The four o'clock games, you have the three and one Browns on the road against the three and one Chargers. These are the young guards of the the AFC with Baker Mayfield and Justin Herbert under center for both teams. Uh, Another four o'clock game, you have Justin Fields and the Bears taking on Derek Carr and the Raiders. Garoppolo and the 49ers taking on the 4-0 Cardinals you have a lot of really good games I mean even Daniel Jones who has been a top five quarterback this year surprisingly uh with the Giants on the road against the 3-1 and Cowboys and Dak Prescott up and down this week, you have really solid matchups, uh, and it all starts uh, tonight on Thursday with three and one Rams on the road against the two and two Seahawks with with uh, Matt Stafford, who has also been a top five quarterback this year, against uh, Russell Wilson, another top five quarterback. So, starting with some really great play, we should have a lot of really good games throughout this week, uh, and there's not really a true dud that I see on the schedule, especially because when you look at the real matchup games, they have the recipe for just hilariousness. Uh, we have the two and two Titans against the O and four Jaguars, and the Titans always seem to flop against the Jaguars in comedic form, uh, but the Jaguars are in and of themselves a comedy of errors. So that'll be delightful. And then the other one, uh, we have uh, you know, the London game, with the 1-3 and three Jets on the road against the 1-3 and three Falcons. That's just hilarious. These are two teams that have just <laughs> been a walking disaster, uh, and I'm honestly really, really happy that this is the product that we're shipping across the pond.
1: I'll tell you, man, if I was younger and I was into, like, four fantasy football leagues and I was really adamant about watching every single game the way I used to be, and I'd be all hung over on Sunday morning, I would still not wake up. For this 9.30 a.m. disaster of a game. I don't know what they were thinking when they sent these two overseas. This is not a good product we are going to turn out. But as you always say, Rich Hill, this will be one of those, like, 40 to 36 shootouts. because yep. That's always the way it works with these things. And Zach Wilson actually had a pretty good game against the Tennessee Titans. So maybe he's kind of turned the corner a little bit. I'll probably just have one eye on it while I'm doing stuff around the house on Sunday. But, yeah, man, really interesting slate of games. for Ram Seahawks tonight. Man, has Matt Stafford benefited from a change of scenery. Very curious to see how the Dolphins take on the Buccaneers. Patriots took them to the wire. Dolphins are looking terrible. The Bucs could begin their AFC East beatdown tour. Who knows going on there? Broncos-Steelers could be a sneaky good game. I know the Steelers don't look that good, and the Broncos coming off that loss to the the Ravens, but that could be an interesting matchup for two of those kind of middle-tier teams the Patriots are also in behind the Bills and the Chiefs, who play Sunday night. Overall, man, a lot of intriguing matchups. There's going to be a couple of blowouts, I'm sure there always is, and some good games. But uh, I'm psyched for it, man. Week five should be fun, and of course, the Patriots like a second win of the season on the road at Houston. This is kind of like a bizarro world where the Patriots don't win at home and they win <laughs> on the road. That'd be a very eerie way to look at things. But they're they're one zero on the road against the Jets, playing a pretty bad Texans team without really a quarterback. Deshaun Watson is out for all that madness. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor is injured. And now they have a very interesting, I guess I will say, quarterback room. Not anybody that anyone really even knows if they weren't a football nerd or a Texans fan. Uh, Davis Mills is a rookie out of Stanford. And then they have a practice squad player named Jeff Driscoll, who's been a journeyman around the league for a while. And that's it. So Patriots, Texans on paper, at least, favors the Pats.
0: Yeah, totally. We were talking about this before we kicked off where – this has a similar makeup to what we were feeling about the the Patriots Saints. Where with the Saints it was like if you stop Kamara, you got this game in the bag. Like this is not a strong roster on offense. So if you can stop their key player on offense, then they're not going to score more than in like the middle teams. And if you on offense can't put up close to 20 points, then what are we even doing here? Uh, and so I see something similar at play, where you have this Texans team that obviously is not as bad as that 40-0 to game against the Bills' show, um, but they're also not a good team. Uh, you look on offense, Brandon Cooks is by far and away their top player on offense. He has 374 receiving yards and a touchdown. Uh, he has 39 targets through four games, so he's going to get 10 targets. That's pretty much an expected sort of affair. But behind him, you have Mark Ingram and David Johnson that are splitting the backfield. Uh, You have Mark Ingram as that lead back, David Johnson as that hybrid running and receiver. Uh, So they're going to go out there. They're going to get opportunities to put up around 50 yards a game, you know, 40 to 50. That's what they traditionally have been doing. Uh, But other than that. There's not a lot of players. Uh, Farrow Brown and Jordan Aikens are splitting that tight end role. They see about two targets a game, so Kyle Duggar should do pretty well against them. Uh, their wide receiver position, uh, Chris Conley is their number two wide receiver, and get this, he has six targets all year. Uh, he's, started, uh, yeah. he's a four-game starter with six targets as their number two receiver, which means that I think that the Patriots have the opportunity to focus on doubling bracketing chris uh, brandon cooks coming out at wide receiver and if they're able to do that then they can focus their defensive resources on stopping the run and forcing davis mills to have to throw the ball to everyone else uh, because that likely means that the patriots secondary will be able to take advantage and force a couple turnovers so
1: rich hill is this finally the week where the patriots hold the opposing offense to under 100 yards rushing
0: Great question. I'm not going to guarantee it, uh, but I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that because this is one of the worst defenses that the Patriots will have faced this year, that they'll be able to put up points. If they, if they can get to a two score lead, then yes, I imagine that uh, they'll be able to hold the Texans below a hundred yards rushing. Um, and then they'll be able to expand their lead. But that's a big if. Um, But I I think that Ingram, David Johnson, their best football is definitely behind them, Uh, but they're going to get opportunities to run the ball. But Texans overall, as as a team, they're averaging 83 rushing yards a game, so I, I think that the Patriots have as good a chance as ever to hold the other team to below 100 rushing yards.
1: Which would be great. Again, you talk about the offense in terms of being able to score some points, and what that will mean is they have some sustained drives. And I really do believe that at least a a chunk of the defensive woes against the run so far this season have come because there have been a couple of stretches where it was 3-and-out, 3-and-out, 3-and-out for the offense, and the defense never got a chance to rest. And if you look at the numbers accrued over all four quarters, a lot of those rushing yards came in the third and the fourth after the defense was already gassed. So it is complementary football, as Belichick always wants to say. And, yeah, this defensive matchup, it was very well for the Patriots. I think one-on-one matchups, you get maybe Jonathan Jones and safety help on Cooks, and you get J.C. Jackson on... Oh, we got our boy Danny Amendola, who might cause some problems. I don't know if he's really... uh Going to be one to really factor in, but you know, he's, he's not a bad receiver. He's coming on what 35 or 36 at this point. But yeah, just in terms of the matchup situation, uh, I just don't really see a scenario in which the Patriots don't win that one on one battle, which will allow for the Patriots front seven to do a better job against this Texans run I'm actually going with Chase Winovich as my defensive x-factor oh. in this game he's been a little quiet this season but as a situational pass rusher that's still what he does best you let him in when you know they're passing and you let him do his thing I am hoping they're able to hold the Texans to maybe second or third and long force them away from that running game and that's when Chase Winovich really shines I can't imagine. That a rookie quarterback going against a bitch, uh, Bill Belichick defense with some complex schemes will be able to diagnose a well timed kind of stunt rush or a corner edge blitz. And I think Linda it is a big day on Sunday.
0: Oh, I like that. I mean, I would love for the Patriots to trot out the same defense against the Texans that they did against uh, Brady and the Bucks because uh, it seemed to work pretty well. Uh, and I, I think that. Leads to my X factor actually being J.C. Jackson. I I think that Jackson uh, has been the Patriots' top ball hawk, and they're going to have plenty of opportunities to force turnovers. And I think that I agree with you. I would put Jonathan Jones, depending on how he's doing from an injury perspective, I would put Jonathan Jones with Devin McCourty over the top and bracket coverage of Brandon Cooks and just shadow him all day. Uh, But then that leaves Jalen Mills on Anthony Miller coming out of the slot. And that puts J.C. Jackson in single coverage of Chris Conley. Conley is a bigger receiver; he definitely gets some opportunities down the field. So I would love to see J.C. Jackson come down with an interception, or you know, if he can erase Chris Conley one-on-one, then the Patriots are going to win this one uh, and at least limit this Texans offense pretty quickly.
1: Rich, what do you know about quarterback Davis Mills? I know very little about him. He's a pretty big guy. He's like 6'5", 230. He's a, he's a he's a tall, kind of bulky dude. But I haven't really seen much out of him in terms of his gameplay at Stanford or how he's adjusting to the NFL. Is he is he doing okay or is he really over his head here?
0: Uh, he's definitely over his head. I mean, Davis Mills, <laughs> okay. It feels to me like every year – this is how the NFL scouts work is that they find a quarterback that plays in a power five conference that is like <laughs> six foot four, 225 pounds. And uh, they say, this is the one, this is the one they don't have any production whatsoever, but I love their size. And so, therefore, I'm going to invest a day-two draft pick in order to have them succeed. You know, it happens with Christian Hackenberg. It happens every single year where there's some player that the coaches are just like, yes, he he will be the next quarterback, the diamond in the rough. And uh, I think this is who Davis Mills is. You know, when he was at Stanford, he was fine. He was average he was adequate he wasn't a world beater by any means but he had that prototypical build and so therefore the texans took him in the third freaking round 67th pick overall top of the round and so he's definitely over his head i don't think uh you would ever take a third round rookie and expect them to succeed or even thrive um so i, I, I think that he has a lot to learn maybe he can have a long career as uh, as a backup or you know he can continue to develop by no means is his story written uh but i just don't think that he is someone that has the traits of a player that can take over a game right like i, I think there are certain third round players or like quarterbacks that maybe haven't lit the world on fire in college that are just like, you know what? They had two games that made you see like, Oh, okay. This is the potential. And if you can harness it, they could do it. I don't think Davis mills ever really had that.
1: I don't think he did either. Rich Again, I don't know a whole lot about him, but that's usually a sign that he's not that good. If I haven't really heard anything about him. Uh, unfortunately for the Texans, that's who they're rolling out with because Taylor is hurt. And Deshaun is Deshaun. However, the Patriots' quarterback situation is in pretty good shape. Mac Jones, I think, has a huge edge in the quarterback position. That Patriots had the hat have the edge everywhere. And as much as I actually think this Texans defense can be sneaky underrated, they have some talent on the defensive line. They've got some decent linebackers. I do still, and it's got your boy Cameron brugier Hill. Oh yeah, I know you're uh, still a big fan of him. Oh yeah, Albert in Houston. And I think Derek. I think, I think Derek Rivers is somewhere He's on the practice on the, squad. Texans, maybe the practice squad. Somewhere. So there are some players we have familiarity with on this Houston Texans defense. However, Rich, I do think the Patriots have a lot more talent, and I'd like to hope. It's going to be a crazy wild prediction from yours truly today, but I have a funny feeling they're going to gain more yards on the ground on Sunday than they did last Sunday.
0: Ooh, uh, that's a very bold claim because let me look, let me look, let me look. They had, Oh, negative one yards. Um, yeah. If they don't run a single, running negative, play, negative four,
1: <laughs> negative four yards.
0: Right now. <laughs> oh, from the running backs. Yeah. If the Patriots don't run a single run play, it'll be a better day on the ground. So, uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I, I think that this is a Texans defense that doesn't know who they want to be yet. Uh, in part because they don't know who's going to start really outside of Christian Kirksey uh, who's been their starting linebacker. They've been a rotation. Uh, they don't know who steps up to where. Uh, I know that they've had certain injuries, but, uh, basically Kirksey has played 97% of the defensive snaps. No one else has played over 75. Uh, Vernon Hargraves was, uh, benched last week. Essentially, uh, you have Eric Murray who has been like a rotational safety, but he didn't play last week against the bills either, uh, as he's dealing with things. Um, you look down the line, Desmond King uh, has stepped up into the lineup, I think he's great, I think he'll play really well, but Zach Cunningham's on the COVID list, Justin Reed uh, at safety has been rotational as well, and so you look up and down this roster, and they don't know who they want to be, uh, and I think that means that they still haven't settled who they'll be, because they're coming off a 40-0 to zero loss, so it's not like they didn't have an identity and it's forming, they are at their bottom, they have no idea who they want to be, and uh, I, I think that this is the prime opportunity for Mac Jones, and honestly the rushing attack to take advantage of them, because yes, the Texans are one of the worst run teams in the league, yes, in part that's due to you know the Bills having a massive lead, so they can just run out the clock, um, but I, I think that this is a weaker run defense and the the Patriots will have opportunities to kind of distribute the ball as they've done this entire season with Mac Jones hitting players at every level, uh, you know, and spreading the ball uh, outside of Jacoby Myers to, to give everyone about five targets a game. Uh, and I think that puts the Patriots in position to take advantage of the fact that there's not a single star. Uh, on this Texas defense, you could argue that Whitney Merciless is, uh, but he's definitely on the older side of things and he's become a rotational player. There's not a star on this defense that you need to avoid. And as a result, I, I think that the Patriots will continue to distribute the ball because there's not a single player they have to avoid.
1: Yeah, I mean, even think of just like the, the old-school Tom Brady Patriots going against this team. I think there's some more strategy. You know, you're just going to run the ball to keep the defense honest. I think Damien Harris will have a pretty big day. I'm very curious to see if Andre Stevenson gets the nod and he gets activated. I think it's going to be a big day for him as well. It's going to grind out some yards on the ground. And you spread them out. You spread the ball around, a lot of high-percentage passes. I think Kobe Myers is in for a big day. I think, Rich Hill, I'm going to go out on a huge limb, to even even bigger limb than they're going to run more for negative four yards. Against the Texans, like they did against the Buccaneers. But I'm going to say Nikhil Harry has a huge day Ooh. on Sunday. He's my offensive X Factor. Last week, he did classic Nikhil Harry things, which is one catch for about 10 yards. And he was so clueless on the second target he got that the defender bumped into him trying to make the pick. And he threw the DPI call. That is kind of how Nikhil Harry rolls. And I think he's going to be good for one or two big plays, including like a deep, like 60 yard pass down the sidelines he brings down. And if he's not that as of Monday morning, I am never going to talk about him again, but I think Nikhil Harry is back off the IR. He's got room. This offensive receiving core is good. It's not great. He can break out and I am pulling for him for one big Matt Jones connection from Harry on
0: Sunday. Ooh, I like that. I mean, honestly, I, I think that what the Patriots have been missing is a big red zone opportunity. You know, they with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, that's fine, but they're playing in the middle of that field. And opposing teams know that if we cover them, we have to force Mac Jones to go elsewhere. Harry gives them that big body on the outside that Aguilar is not, that Bourne is not, and that Myers is not. And he can win those one-on-one jump balls. And I I think that Mac Jones will have more confidence in throwing Harry those one-on-one opportunities, those contested catches, than Brady ever was. And that's where Harry made his money in college, is with those contested catches. So... I am interested to see if he has those. Uh, maybe in my mind, I don't know if we'll get like that 60-yard catch, but I would love to see him be in like, you know, one catch for four yards and it's a touchdown. Like I, I could definitely see that being his stat line. Uh, but I would love to see Harry become more integrated because I think that uh, you look up and down this receiver court, they've definitely been spreading the ball. I think that Bourne has outplayed Aguilar at this point, and I would like to see Bourne get more opportunities than Aguilar has because I think that, in all honesty, the Patriots offense with Myers and Bourne on the opposite sidelines and Smith and Henry on, like in line gives them a lot of flexibility where if you put Ramondre Stevenson out there, Damian Harris or J.J. Taylor, you can do a lot of things. You, you can run the ball, you can pass the ball, you have a lot of flexibility uh, and, and you have with both Bourne and Myers the opportunity to attack the middle level of the field, which is where I think Mac Jones can have a lot of production. Uh, so that's why my X Factor is actually going to be Kendrick Bourne. He's really coming into his own over the past two weeks i think that mac jones will have more opportunity to throw the ball than they he had last week against the bucks because this texans defensive front is not as good and so mac jones should have a second longer in the pocket to allow the plays to develop and to find receivers a little bit further down the field, and while I don't know if he'll hit as many home runs, I think that he has great accuracy and touch to hit Bourne on you know multiple twelve to fifteen yard catches throughout the day. Uh, and I would like to think that Bourne has shown a good connection with him. Uh, you know, where I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a near hundred yard day.
1: That'd be sweet. No pass receiver has broken a hundred yards. I think eighty-two is the record for receiver. Jacoby Myers had it, but that's. Just a matter of time, Rich Hill. And I'm also going to say make a bold prediction. My third of the day, I'm on a hot streak. Mac Jones scrambles for a first down at some point in this game. We talked about it on Tuesday, how he's not really scrambling out of the pocket when the play breaks down as much as he maybe could. Instead, he opts for these very unwise throws across his body or over the middle that he shouldn't be making. I think he tucks it and runs at least one, one big third down conversion on his legs. So hopefully that happens as well. But again, I do think the Patriots should win this one pretty comfortably if they just play their game stick to the game plan. And don't make stupid mistakes. I feel yeah. like that's been really hampering the Patriots, these holding penalties, these stupid illegal hands-to-the-face penalties to keep drives alive. You know, There's more than one occasion throughout the season where they should be doing better than they are, but a whole thing gets short-circuited by a 10, 15-yard penalty, and then they're in a the hole and they can't get out of it.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. And I I think that they've really struggled after they have those negative plays because they haven't really been opening the playbook for Mac Jones. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, And so I I think that the Patriots have what they need in order to beat the Texans. Definitely, they show that they compete with the best teams in the league, like the Bucs. The Texans should hopefully be no match when they have Davis Mills under center. Um, But I'm excited to see how this all plays out. Alex, do you have any final thoughts uh, before we go into predictions? No,
1: that's, my, my dog is the final boss, and he's making this call right now. What's that? Okay, got it. All right. My dog's on his prediction. He thinks the Texans are going to win. Oof. I disagree with him completely, and so he's getting put outside right now for being disobedient by calling a Texans victory. <laughs> However, luckily, most Moose, the Bernice Mountain Dog, does not have a say in how this goes, Rich Hill. Just you and I do. And we both had the Buccaneers winning last week. Uh, you had the winning by less than I had the winning. I it was going to be an absolute blowout. So, once again, you will take the reins. I have yet to get a single prediction right this entire season, off-season,
0: and preseason, but what can you do?
1: You go first. Yet again, Rich Hill, Patriots at Texans. 1 p.m. Sunday, who you got?
0: All right. Well, I think that the Patriots will have enough uh, to have their best offensive day of the year. So I'm going to say 27 points for the Patriots. And I don't think the Texans are as bad uh, as their 0 points show. But, you know, week before against the Panthers, they only scored nine points. So this is not a great team. Uh, I'm predicting 13 points for the Texans. So at the end of the day, Patriots winning 27-13. 27-13
1: 27-13 to the Patriots from Rich Hill. I would love to see 30 points or close to 30 points in the Patriots. They're bound to do it eventually. Uh, I, too, think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring for the Patriots. I'm actually going go with a 20-10 to 10 Patriots victory. Hmm. Uh, I'm hoping that 10 points comes in, like, the second half when it's kind of out of reach already. But I think they'll give at least one touchdown. Pass with 20 on the board. That's kind of where their sweet spot's been all season. So I'll stick with that until I see otherwise. Pats 20, Texans 10.
0: Cool. Well, I hope that uh, we're both right with the final outcome uh, in a way that we were wrong uh, against the the Bucs, um, <laughs> where we thought it would be a blowout. Um, I'm hoping that we're both right that the Patriots win. Uh, so, Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week five of the NFL season?
1: I do not, buddy. Happy October and go Red Sox.
0: All right. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Bye-bye.